Hey everybody, I am so excited to do a stand-up show for you. I have a show booked just for you, Wednesday, November 23rd, the night before Thanksgiving, Mario's Dockside in Bridgewater, PA, 8 p.m. Go to jimcren.com for tickets. I hope to see you there. Perfect night. Get to sleep in the next day. Have turkey. Night before Thanksgiving. Come out to Mario's Dockside in Bridgewater, PA, out in Beaver area. I'm looking forward to all my friends out that way, and uh, it's not that far from the Berg. It'll be uh, probably, God, this is one of the first shows I've done in about six or seven months. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see you there. I'll see you there the night before Thanksgiving. Thanks. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just go to any of those apps and search Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. It is Jim Cren. It is no restrictions. Thank you once again for listening appreciate it we i'm excited because this show is being recorded point park university which is a wonderful university here in downtown pittsburgh one of the great universities of our city and they have a new media room new media kind of center here right off wood street here and it is fantastic for the students and they're bringing in people to do lectures and podcasts. They have a TV studio. It goes on and on. And I'm at this beautiful studio that they just built. It's new. Dave is here. Frank and Wayne. Chris, a, a student we brought in. We're teaching right here. We are teaching podcast. You, I'm, I'm your professor, Chris. Any <laughs> questions, you go to me. And Dave, too. Dave's my other professor. Dave's, yes. Dave's the professor. I'm his assistant. Go. You, any in the middle of the show, cut it. I think in. I do all the work, and you just go, I'm the professor. You're the professor. I'm your assistant. Now, our guest, we have a few guests coming in. Uh, Chelsea Pompiani is going to be coming in a little bit. Uh, but I'm so excited because I haven't had a show in about nine months. It hasn't been People have had babies. You mean public show. They're, they're people that had babies. Yes. <laughs> No, that's why I'm back I, on. I just like this is why Jack I'm back on. Here we go. I wasn't allowed to come on until I, I booked yes. Jimmy a show, so we booked a show right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> so now I'm allowed back on. Boy, no, no, you made up a big, big way because not only did Dave get me a gig, <laughs> but he is the legendary, one of the great concert promoters in the history of our region. Really, truly, he really, really is, and one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. A guy who's really helped me a lot in my career, especially when I, you know when I was starting out. Ed Travisari, who happens to also be a professor here at Point Park University. But the exciting thing is, Ed is legendary because everyone in this city, they know the voice. Because what would happen is anytime there's a big concert announcement. Ed would do the announcement. You'd hear Ed's voice. So anytime you hear Ed's voice, you're thinking good memories, great memories. Uh, Rolling Stones show, this show, that show, The Who, whatever. Whatever it was. He, so that's why we brought Ed in to announce my show. I was going to yeah. say, what yeah. am I supposed to announce? Yeah. Yeah. Mario's, Mario's, my Mario, Thanksgiving. it's going to be so big. I mean, it's uh, one show and no additional shows will be added. It's a two-truck tour. Yes, that's right. 
It's going to be big. I like the two the two truck tour, man. <laughs> That's when you knew it was it's big. It's going to be big, right? <laughs> Travis Harry. Oh man, it's good to be here, Eddie T. Absolutely. And uh, Ed, you're looking good, man. We we're both talking about you know how you know times change and sure. and for the better. Yep. And you were doing the concerts and hey, man, it was great though. I know yep. you enjoyed the run and everything of doing those things. Yep. I'm and, still actually working with Rich Engler a little bit. But he, I can't get away from him. He still calls the, me like his wife's the, phone number. Or something. He doesn't have anything. <laughs> he's awesome. He's back in the yeah, game. Yeah, he's back in the business. So we were, uh, we just did. There's some really new shows. Kansas. Oh, okay. it's a really new band. Yes. And we had uh, Sticks. Ah. Uh, and then we had Yes. I said, could you book anybody <laughs> under the age of seventy? <laughs> You could go back to a time warp. Oh, you probably God. still even know Those the Those three acts, <laughs> I have a backstage pass that says we played them at the arena <laughs> <You> one time. <laughs> still have it. it was so funny. He booked Kansas, then yes, oh, sticks the man. next night. But anyways, they've been great. But And they all did well. That's Speaking of Pittsburgh, they all made money. I just they, read an article about Pete Townsend. He said that he mm-hmm. did a concert. They just did a big show called... Uh, What's the big show they do out in California? Oh, it was a Coachella. Coachella. They played, right? And mm-hmm. uh, he he was depressed afterwards, and they said, why? why? He goes, we did the same set we did in 1984. I can only <laughs> And it's funny, because that's, that's what they want to yeah. hear. That's what people want to hear. Yeah. And yeah. because of classic rock stations, yeah. they yeah. just gave these, they'll play their music forever. So yeah. they live forever, these yeah, bands. they really do. Yeah. And they're incredibly talented. Yeah. I don't think it matters what age. We were just talking off the air, bring it on, on Netflix, Dana Carvey has yeah. a- has a comedy special. It says, uh, I'm six I'm a sixty year old white man. <clears throat> it's called and he's sixty. But I gotta tell you, it's his best comedy. It's he is on top of his game. I don't care when you gotta see it. It's I on can't Netflix. Wait. I'm gonna see it. It's fantastic. You're on top of your game. And professor here at Point Park University, what a different gig, man. Yeah. What, how did that happen? How do you go from this concert promoter or you know, you and Rich right. the biggest and the best in the city and and changing gears like that, man. I know part of it was the the, the corporate thing and all that kind right. of stuff we had all gone through. Everyone already but actually gone before through. that. It was actually a year before this, going back to two thousand seven. I still remember. It. I was managing the Chevrolet Amphitheater, which was over at Station Square. We had the big tent and everything, and uh, we had a girl that was one of our interns, and so. She came into my office, and she sat down. She said, hey, I'm your new intern. I said, oh, good. I said, where do you go to school? And she said, Point Park. I said, oh, okay. That's across the river. Nice. Yeah. And I asked her what her major was in school, and she said it was sports, arts, and entertainment management. When I heard that, I said, what the heck is that? <laughs> and I loved her answer, sports, arts, and entertainment management. I said, well, could you give me a little more detail? Right. She said, well, you know, it's a brand new program, and it's all three disciplines, and I'd always wanted to teach maybe like one class on a weekend or at night type of thing. Yeah. Just to give back because when I went to Robert Morris back in the 70s, there was nothing for us to go hear music. No, nothing for me. No. Though. Rich like Angler and Pat taught me everything. So I had a meeting and uh, I was with Live Nation at the mm-hmm. time and I had a meeting with somebody here at the school and they said, you'd be great, but you're here working. I don't know how it would work. So a year later when I left Live Nation, I called the guy up and uh it was very ironic. He had actually resigned on the day that I left Live Nation. Hmm. So I'll never forget him not knowing what really happened. He said, hey, today might be your lucky day. I go, wow. you don't even know what happened this morning. And he says, well, I resigned. Why don't you come on board? And I said, okay. what do you want me to teach? Hmm. And it was a class called Venue and Facility Management, which is learning how to run a venue. And I said, well, I'd rather teach these concert classes. He says, well, why don't you start with one and we'll go from there. So since then... When they had no entertainment classes, we now have three different concert classes, 
uh, hmm. Business Alive Entertainment, concerts and festivals, concerts and touring, all about promoters, managers, agents, record labels, etc. We have talent management class, which we have actually Greg Joseph from the, yeah, uh, the and the clerks. Yeah. He teaches uh, part of it, along with Amy Cooper, who's uh, marketing director over at Stage AE. Uh, we have a uh, recording industry class, which I told you off the air. Mark Fritzkus mm-hmm. teaches half, mm-hmm. and a guy named uh, Jesse Noss, who owns Red Cayman Media up by uh, Consol. And from that, we just, well, not just, three years ago, we started a student-run record label. It's called Pioneer Records. Oh, that's awesome. And the, kids, the kids get to work on the label, and we pick uh, Point Park artists to uh, be signed. They win 300 CDs, a CD release party. We're doing a music video for them. And they get bookings. And then all the kids come, well, they get to work on it like in our record company. So they're an A&R. And, you know, it's yeah. Kind of a- so, so if you're listening and, and your son or daughter or maybe yourself yeah. want to get into the entertainment business. Because people say, because people ask me all the time, yeah. know, how do you do it? And I, say, do I really go, I just perform. You yeah. know, if you're a comedian, yeah, sure. go on stage. Or music. Yeah. But it's nice that if you have that natural talent that now... Right. There's an option right here in your backyard in Pittsburgh that you can get some real on hand, not only on hand, but you got guys like you, some real life experience, Eddie, and oh, you yeah. got guys that right. come in and speak and these yeah. guest professors. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's awesome. A, it's amazing yeah, it's that exactly. there was never... Dave's taught or come in and spoke professor a few Dave, times. He right. gave oh, me a D in his class. Yeah. What? Yeah, help the guy <laughs> out. Come on. It's, a, it's amazing to me that there was never a major for for this. It's it's such a big part of the entertainment world, right. and there was never any way it's, to learn it's it. It's so abstract. I, I, I mean, think. that's why we all learned on the fly. Right. It's it's kind of right. it starts with getting guys like Ed Travis Harry because it's such an abstract thing. It's it almost is. impossible to, for somebody to categorize it unless you get a guy like Ed, Eddie T. And that I I think Ed kind of. Be that guy who could bridge it and, well, and say, yeah, all right, let's how you can point. structure it. And I'll go to people that, uh, you know, are doing their regular jobs and I will drag them in, like a Mark Fritzkus. I says, yeah. you want to be a teacher? He goes, what am I going to teach? And I go, you have so much in your head. We just got to get it out in the right way. But there are a few schools like Belmont down in Nashville, MTSU. There are some universities that have been doing it for a while. But in our region, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've come a long way in seven years and we now have interns. Well, we have a classroom at Stage AE. I mean, we actually teach. I teach over there every other week. Oh, I have right a classroom upstairs yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have interns over there. We have uh, live nation takes us out in the summer our kids are running up at uh, console for aeg shows they just got to get experience and uh it's exciting when we see this happening because it's like wow they're like little kids that have now grown up you know yeah. well, they wonder yeah. if they could do it. our uh engineer producer one of our producers wayne wow he's an alumni here and i met him here at, at a cool. lecture that you invited me to Oh, to back speak in the day, here. he was telling yeah. me, right. Yeah. And I, I was honored to do that. It was wonderful when you came down, you know, sure. It was, it was fantastic. So I loved it. How do you I, like teaching? I, I really do like it. I mean, it's it's fun because, you know, like if all of us would be in the same boat. We're just talking about what we do. And we have to structure it into, you know, syllabuses and you got to give tests and all that. But it's such a strange business it is, that it's yeah. hard to kind of break down because you just know it so well and you just do it naturally. Right. But when you have to break it down and, and explain it to people right. that are outside yeah. of that, it's 
not easy. You got to get more. Yeah, that's why we have to get structured a little bit. And it's like I never was completely a structured person. But in order to have classes, speak to parents, you know, we have to say that, you know, it's not just us going there and saying you're going to be in a rock band. This is how to clean a bong properly. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the parents come in a little nervous, like, you know, my kid wants to get into that music business. Like, oh, my God. But I try to explain this. It's a real business now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. what's Live Nation? What's AEG? You know, what are all these big festivals? I mean, how do they get put on? And yeah, you have to explain that. So what we do a lot of times is actually we go out to high schools on uh, Fridays uh, when we don't work. We volunteer. There's many schools like North Allegheny, Pine, Richland, uh, Montour, Riverview. They have sports and entertainment classes as part of their high school curriculum now. Wow. That's so, great. Well, yeah. Well, we go in and we start talking and they go, now we can go to actually to a university that can extend what I didn't even know was available, but I kind of like. So it's kind of interesting. It, it's it been re- fun. It is. It's yeah, incredible, it's man, that, that, that we can do that now. Yeah. That, or the kids can do, yeah. can do that. Yeah, and learn, yeah right, exactly. And the facilities that they have here are are amazing. I remember when I went job. to I I wanted to take classes here and I went to take journalism and they had a mock up of a a real newsroom typewriters mind you and everybody in the same room and right. all the clocks and oh my God. I, it was so advanced for right. what everything was doing back yeah. then and they they've really stayed aggressive in in adapting themselves to the changing technologies and the changing Very environment. Much so. I think Point Park's really done a great job. They really have. And I mean, I'll speak, you know, just on behalf of what the president's view has been, because uh, I, ever since I came about seven years ago was a simultaneously he was on this Capitol Drive and they bought, you know, as you we know, we're downtown here in Pittsburgh on the Boulevard of the Allies and Wood Street. And you can tell by the flags. They bought so much. We put a, uh, or not we, they put up a, a village park that's right up here in the corner where the other night we had our four Pioneer Records bands playing out there, yeah. you know, with a fall fest. There used to be an old, uh, you know, uh, parking lot or a uh, uh, garage or something. Uh, and now they have this beautiful building where in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, I was telling Jim offline uh, there that uh, we're bringing in Wiz Khalifa's manager. He's going to speak because he's home for the holidays. Right. And we're going to have him right out here. And those are big things for us. And I don't, we could do them anywhere, but when they come in and see this, they go, wow, this is pretty nice. It is. It's, really nice. Nice. it's, it's pretty impressive. It, it's so comes, great they had you come in and do this. Too. Oh, it's an honor. Eddie. Yeah, no. It's, you know, just being Didn't you go out. here? You've gone I, to every I school have, in the city. I, I graduated. I went to community college, yeah. uh, Allegheny County. You're getting honored at uh, yeah Saturday. Getting distin- honored distinguished at, alumni. Yeah. As wow. long as they don't look at my yeah. transcript, yeah. I'll oh, get it. And, and you got honored. And you, and you <laughs> see, see, see. And you got honored at IUP. Distinguished alumni IUP. Yeah. Uh, Are you sure you haven't gone here? I represent the C average. <laughs> I think people. they saw. I saw I some pictures somewhere with you. I'm pretty sure he played. Well, you know, I have done a lot here. Don Brockett, the late great Don Brockett. He used. To, uh, I did some things here that he. Uh, I helped him out with a couple different production things he, with he and I, but uh, I also talking about the jump from. And I, I know Eddie has to get this class. I'm keeping your class. I'm keeping, I mean, but uh, I, but the uh, they had a production facility was so much different here, and it was this primitive kind of thing at the time. Sure, okay, this was yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I was just starting, and it was it was on a cable access show, but the studio mm-hmm. happened to be here, and it was a magician. Now, to protect him, I won't say his name, but the magician was a magician, and he's also like a mechanic. And um, God bless him, you know, but he wanted to work with birds. Here was the thing. They had a, a, a setup, and they had a, <laughs> another magician friend was the host, and they had a card table. And the card table had a chair set up like the Tonight Show, yeah, if the Tonight Show was at like a homeless shelter. 
So anyway, <laughs> okay. so it's kind of bare, right? But uh, they had the, they had one camera, and the and the guy tells me the cameraman says even though we're taping, this is like live because he says we don't have any budget to stop the production and you know once we're doing editing we're or anything. No editing. Right. We're just going right. So if anything happens, just just go for it right. or whatever it is. We can't stop. I go okay. So the magician comes out at the beginning and he does a, a trick with a bird. So he said he liked to work with birds. Well, he didn't clip the wings properly of the bird, which I didn't know you had to do. And he does this dove. He makes his dove appear. It was a really good trick, actually. Mm-hmm. And there's only me, the cameraman, one other person, whatever, like applauding. He's into it. Uh, the bird takes off. And the cameraman goes, well, I wasn't supposed to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't know about the clipping until later. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I kid you not. I wish there, if I could, anyone ever had the tapes he's had anywhere. I'd love to see right. this. But I was a kid. But I was. I remember doing the thing like a Tonight Show. I'm sitting there, and, and the host is asking me questions. And it's like it was like Tippy Hendren in a burst. This bird comes swooping at me, and he hits me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> he hits me, and he, and he keeps swooping the entire interview. Right. They calm down for like four minutes. It'd be like I'd be like talking. I was coming back. He cut me back. It was like oh my god. <laughs> no cut. That no that cut. The bird right. would just come around and he'd start walking and the thing oh, real calm looking, and and then he attacked me. Oh my god. Yes. Literally. Literally, yes. and I, I couldn't believe it at the, when it was over. I remember driving home, going, "Oh my god, what just happened?" <laughs> you don't know what happened. It was on cable access. There had to be like four people. So <laughs> we got to get that tape. We got to find. But that I would tape. love to have that. Let's just find to that see it. tape. <laughs> it's crazy. Eddie, you're the best. Well, I appreciate having you down here at Point Park. Thanks for coming to our territory. Good well, luck with everything. You always were. You always had my back. My career. we always had some good times, especially in the. Well, you helped me so much when I was doing comedy, and I didn't know anything about comedy in those old days. I was in there doing Kansas back then. I remember when I'm uh, still doing Kansas. We had so much doing Kansas. Well, I remember we had so much fun. As Eddie uh, and Rich and everybody helped me out, and they put me in front of some big act like Gloria Estefan and a Miami Sound Machine, whoever was hot back then. And they're like ten thousand seat <laughs> venues, but but uh, Eddie T and our buddy Gary Hinston, he's. <laughs> Because we joke around because, you know, the bands could be a little bit pretentious. Maybe, uh, that's probably word, a good way to say it, especially uh, on air. You know, but uh, Eddie and uh, Gary, I think maybe we all just wanted to jag those bands a little bit. But they would get that these little flashlights and, and like, lead me up on the stage oh, to the maze course, like right? they had to yeah. do for the bands. Yeah. Like a but band. it's just my, right. my, my guys bringing me up. Everybody watch out. He's coming through. Get out of the way. Two truck show. Here yeah, two truck show. Jim Cran, get out of the way. And I'd walk up on stage. Remember when you great, would, man. Remember when, remember when they would book you and we'd be down at the uh, station square and a train would go by oh, and you'd God. have to pause. and 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 Eddie and <laughs> Eddie and Rich would lie trains. about when the trains came. They go, oh, the trains, they, they're not going to come now, right in the middle oh, of the set. Yeah. That's uh, for another day I can tell you all my train stories. Oh, my God, yeah. We I've had been, too many. The worst was actually Dave Chappelle. The last, really? When we had Dave Chappelle there, yeah. He had the biggest show we ever had in first reserve seats. It was a Sunday night, which is typically not a big train night for us around here. I don't know why? <laughs> it's not a big night. You have to book around all the things. The Steeler schedule. <laughs> right, of course. Is, and like then the tracks. Yeah. yeah. But that night, five trains. And I could hear them because I'm like a dog. My ears will go up when I hear a train coming down by Beaver. And it's coming and I'm going, one train. He goes, well, what's this? You know, he does this thing. I thought, okay. All at once I hear, another train. Five. That was not a good night. What the no. hell is going no. on with yeah. all the trains? You can only yeah. imagine. And then when <laughs> somebody, the trains, somebody in the front Crazy. row yelled up to him, this happens all the time at the comedy shows. I said, would somebody go down and get her? <laughs> I was here for George Carter and the same thing happened. Why did we let her in? <laughs>
I'm going to stand a train. Hey, <laughs> Ed Travis here. Thanks for having me down here, Ed. I appreciate oh, yeah, it. I know you got a good class. Here, Thanks for coming on the show, brother. Nice appreciate it. Always good seeing you, man. Ed Travis here. All right, bud. See you soon. You're listening to No Restrictions Podcast featuring Jim Cran on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network from the new Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. Tune into all of our other shows on our website, pittsburghpodcastnetwork.com and the Center for Media Innovation.com. Stay tuned for more No Restrictions after this quick break. I'm Chelsea Pompiani. And I'm Selena Pompiani. You can hear our new podcast, Pompin' Ain't Easy, where we're going to be talking about pop culture, fashion, entertainment, and sports. Listen to our show and other great shows from Pittsburghers on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. This is Captain Wild Bill. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. No Restrictions. So we're... Fairpoint Park. I'm with Luke Zatola. Luke is a uh, student here at Point Park. We've been talking about the university, and and Luke, you are a radio. Uh, I guess I wouldn't say major, but that, that's really what you're veering to do. I would think from what you were telling me off there. So, so you want to be in the basically in the radio business or media business in general? What are you uh, thinking? Media business in general. Cool. Uh, I love radio and all, but uh, I also have a love for video. So, I mean, being a senior, it's kind of hard because i got to choose now. But uh, radio is definitely a option that I'd like to explore. You're a senior. You're ready to get out, huh? Uh, kind of. Uh, I thought I was ready to get out, and now that I'm a senior, I'm ready to go back to freshman year. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling, brother. <laughs> scary that won't thought. leave you. Two things will happen. One, you want to go back. And two, you'll have a nightmare after you graduate that you didn't graduate and you need one more class. <laughs> Everybody has that for like six months. Oh, man. You wake up you wake up in a cold sweat. Do they have that class done? And Yeah, it'll go away after a while, but about six months after it's going to last, bro. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's not what I want to hear. It's a, it's a lot, there's a great great facility here, man. You got all everything at your beck yeah. and call, right? Yep, they treat us well here. They give us all the uh, sources that we need to be successful. Did you have Ed Travisary's class by any chance? Who's? Ed Travisary, Professor Travisary. Uh, we had him on the show earlier. I didn't know if no, I No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I was curious. Well, see, I was going to see how Ed was as a teacher. I know. We were going to test you. Right? We are going to test Ed right now. Ed does a, a, a series of uh, uh, classes wrapped around production of promoting and concert venues because that's okay. what his experience was. Do you have was. a radio show here? I do. Uh, Monday nights from 5 to 6, uh, the Blue Line Banters. Uh, what do you do with it? What's the show uh, about? We talk about the NHL. Uh, we'll normally start off with Penguins talk and then gradually throughout the show we uh, do... we skip All sports? Uh, no, just just uh, hockey. All right, what's going on with the Pens? What do you think? This uh, year? Can we repeat? Uh, always the possibility. It depends yeah. on how healthy we are coming down the stretch. Yeah, but uh, Flurry didn't have a good game yesterday. Eh, he came in. He came in uh, lose, off the bench. Missed five. Was it five goals? Uh, four or five goals that he let in. Yeah. Uh, favorite player. Uh, uh, favorite favorite pen. Oh. Malkin. No. Everybody loves Gino. Everybody loves Gino. Everybody loves Crosby. Um, probably have to go with Ian Cole. Okay. The uh, the the guys that don't get much attention are the ones that I typically uh, focus in on. You know, little parts of the game. Who do you think is going to be our obstacle? Come playoff time because we're making the playoffs. Obviously, yes, we are. Um, Who do you think our biggest cops? I gotta say the Capitals. I think the same. I mean, Rangers are good. I don't think they could keep it up though. It's but don't you think Ovechkin? He's getting older now. They're not young forever, right? And he he wants to be. His name is not on that cup. It's not on that cup. He hasn't been out of the second round either. So that is our biggest obstacle, right? Yes, especially they, they match up well against us. 
it's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a series. I already picture it. How about we already have them in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little early. It's still it's November. I know. Well, There's a whole season to pretty go. Much, still. Pretty much with hockey, we could just. Stamp I don't them right start in watching yeah. until April, and everybody gets mad at me yeah. about that. Well, that's, that's is Yager true. still playing? Yeah, uh, he's, he's like having ninety. A, yeah. yeah, he's he's ninety. He's ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh forty. He's, I think he's in his forties. He he, uh, he's like yeah. Gordy Howe. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about him and how he's having a down season this year. <laughs> Amazing. He said he got like six or seven points the yeah. last time I checked. Kind of brought the mullet back a little bit, though. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little thanks. bit. Hey, thanks for doing the show, brother. Uh, not a problem. Thank Appreciate you. Thanks. Hi, everybody. I'm Craig Wolfley, and welcome to a new season of Pre-Game Meal with Tunch Ilkin and myself. We're going to break down each and every Steelers opponent, and you'll get the best right here on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Hi, this is Larry Richard. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Oh, yeah, a couple of my buddies. <laughs> Tunchin' Wolf, of course, Lawrence. Little Lair. Uh, buddy just uh, had to go back and teach there. Ed Traviseri just listened to, uh, listened to uh, Dave, and I got a chance to, to chat with him. And we have a couple other friends dropping by. As you know, we're at Point Park recording our podcast, their new media center for the kids, for the students. And it's, it's state-of-the-art. It's really it's fantastic. It's run by uh, Andy Conti, as you know, is a great writer, and of course uh, uh, Chelsea Pompiani, who's on the Pittsburgh Podcast Network, and also she she runs it. And my buddies Bob and Lisa's daughter, I knew her since she was a kid, she was little. <laughs> and congratulations on the, the gig, guys. I know being in the media, like you know, when you're in the arts, uh, I'd say what, like you guys, it's just, this is a plum gig, I'd say. You yeah, we're pretty Landry, happy, with right? It. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for. Thanks for coming in. We're we're yeah. thrilled to have you here, and and we're super excited about the new center. Thanks, Ann. and you got a lot of projects. We're gonna have you on a, again. You too, Chelsea. Obviously, but uh, I can't wait to hear about some of your writing. But your oh, a little yeah. tease. Can Thanks. I tease it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Clemente book. Right. With, with, uh, for, it's for kids, for family. But we're all Clemente fans, man. We grew anyone who grew up in Pittsburgh, man. That's the thing. Like I, I would go to the ball games and see all the T-shirts. Every, you know, everybody's got a Clemente shirt because he's like, you know, one of the last pirates you can really love. Yeah. Uh, you know, without fear of something going terribly wrong. It, well, and to teach the new this new generation, they heard a little bit yeah. about him. But this, you know, I didn't know the story. You know, I, I grew up in an age where he, you know, he he died uh, basically right around the time I was born, and so I didn't really know much about him. Yeah, and it was fascinating to go back and it's part of Pittsburgh, man. Yeah, huge, and his impact on the the Latino players just huge. It's part of the character of the city, part of the legend of the city. So is Point Park University. It's it's since I was a kid, Dennis Miller's gra- a graduate. You have a lot of m- many famous uh, alumni here, Chelsea. Chelsea, of course. <laughs> well, right, yeah. and that's right. It, a lot of talented, talented people that chose to come to Point Park, and it's right in downtown, which is cool. Supports the city, right? This is a you know city university. Uh, so this thing here, this media center, this is great because the the students uh, can really benefit. We're talking to Eddie T about this, but the students really, uh, this is a real gift, man. They could get on hand, you know, experience and. Listen, the lecturers can come through because they're in town. It's kind of cool. Yeah, right? real real world experience, which you don't necessarily always get when you're in a college atmosphere. Usually, it's a guy up there that possibly did it or read some books about it, and he's going to lecture to you. But that was what, always what impressed me about Point Park is that they always had professors that lived that life and then came and taught. And now you have facilities that actually let you do hands on. I mean, this is this is comparable. I, I've seen radio studios that don't have this. Right. Yeah. 
It's, and and you've, yeah. you've seen it. I mean, you've lived in the real world. This is... Yeah, it's, I love it. We get professionals who come into the space, and they're like, oh, man. I got, first, yeah. I got to get in there. Yeah. And second of all, tell the students they're never going to see another space like that no, again. No, I, no. I, I graduated from IUP. <clears throat> Just uh, you know, one of the universities in the tri-state. Studied business and ended up in comedy. What, 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 what was your major what, when you were... Broadcasting. Here. Broadcasting I was here all for the broadcasting. way. Broadcasting, yeah. And well, it's funny. And I, I told Andy when I first came here, my first job was at um, WJET in Erie. Mm-hmm. And then coming here, the newsroom from there, which was, you know, a, a actual market. And then coming here, it doesn't even compare. No. I mean, this is just. That's amazing. Well, it's it? yeah, it's phenomenal. And Point Park was a great school when I was here, but I wish this center was here when I was. So. Uh, uh, it's great for the students to take advantage of this. What was yeah. your major? Um, yeah. American studies. Which yeah. my, my friends make fun of me for that now. <laughs> American like, studies. What is, is that history? <laughs> yeah, it was history? Like, American, you know, literature, history, culture. Uh, I did once work on a paper about uh, U2's Rattle and Hum. And how that's that all right. That's good. There you go. That's Jimmy, right. Jimmy Open for U2. Yeah. So that, that's that's nice. It's a good combo. That's to me. Where'd you go to school? Where uh, Dickinson College in Carlisle. Oh, that's a great school. Yeah, mid-state. Yeah. So did you always want to be a writer? So I went there thinking I was going to be a lawyer. Really? I started working on the school paper, and I just loved it. And then I went and spent a semester in Washington and worked for this guy, Jack Anderson. They called him the Mormon muckraker, and I was sold after that. Like, it was just, it was incredible. Did you Weird. ever read? That's, that's my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever read uh, some of Michael Crichton's stuff? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, he, he went into, he was at Harvard to be a doctor. Oh, right. And he was writing on the side, and he wrote A Drama and a Strain and all those others. Right. And every year at that time, when you wanted to quit, you'd have to see a psychiatrist. And every year he'd go, I, I, I'm going to quit. And they'd talk him out of it. And he went all the way through medical school and finally was getting really kind of famous. And he said the, f- the fever to write just overwhelmed him. And finally he went to the psychiatrist and said, I, I, I think I'm going to quit. I'm going to go into writing. He goes, I always knew you would. <laughs> he <laughs> said, could have told me that well, like funny three, four years ago. Well, no, but the funny thing is about writing, and Andy, you could tell me this, here's my theory on it. The sad thing is, it's kind of like stand-up. Like everybody thinks they can kind of do it, mm. and they really can't. There's maybe only 2% that can do it, 90%, you know, but, but you should do it anyway. Even if, even if you can't do it, I think you should do it. Right. Because it's fun. If you're having fun doing it, I don't give a shit what anyone says. Just do it. Have fun. If somebody criticizes you, tell them to make their own art. But I'm just saying that only 2% can make a living at it, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, not only that, it's the it's the storytelling, which is essential to, to you know, it's what we do, right? Uh, we had Brian Cranston here yesterday, you know, um, mm. Walter White from Breaking Bad, and he was talking <laughs> about, you know, it, it's it's... It goes back to storytelling. I you know, do the knocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they showed that clip at the beginning. That's the best. Yeah. Was he speaking here? Yeah, he spoke mm-hmm. at Point Park, uh, and it was just fantastic. And you know, we had him. We uh, Is he, did he just he just wrote a book, right? He, he did. did a, he yeah. wrote a memoir, and he's came in out. town. Filming. Yeah, is that what he's? He's making a movie. In, okay. In oh, Pittsburgh. Okay. So he came by. We had Diane Reem the day before the NPR talk. I, I just listened to her. I, how old is she? Cause Cause she's, yeah. she's she sounds yeah. old yeah. on the yeah. on the radio. I think I just, she had a stroke. Or, I think or she did because yeah. you can tell that there's a in, right slowness. And to she's her. retiring this year, so she's sort of doing. She a, is still dynamic on there. She 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 huh. still orchestrates the conversation very well. She somebody mm-hmm. one of the students in the second row yawned, 
Whoa. She's like, you're yawning in my face. You need to cover your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she was calling out texters in the back. Really? Yeah, yeah she's she's <laughs> old school, but that's yeah, kind of what you do. Work in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Work in the room. Well, Brian Cranston, man. Breaking Bad. I think it's great. It, I, to me, it's a, a, that's my, if I pick one show, favorite all-time show. How about yours? And he's, I, I, I love that show, yeah. And he said from the first page of the script, he was sold because it was- uh, you He know, knew. Pair, well, it changed <clears> his <throat> life, too. Blue sky, pair of pants falls out of the sky. You see this RV going through the desert, yeah. and then next scene, guy, you know, guy in just his underpants driving it, and the guy next to him is passed out. And he's like, "I was hooked from the first page." Yeah, they asked him if he would ever do a follow up to it or something, and he said, "If that guy wrote it, he said he'd change my life. He said I'd do anything." That well, he Better Call do. Saul's good too. Yeah, Better Call Saul. Maybe you could do a callback. Well, it'd be interesting if they just married before. it together. You know, they finally caught up. They're trying to do yeah. that. I think. Yeah, I think they are. Chelsea, you, you Breaking Bad fan? I watched a couple episodes. Not into My it? dad would always have it on, but I didn't watch yeah, it I, when it first came out. But then I, Jimmy's Mister Netflix, uh, and and Frank talked me into it. Unbelievable! <laughs> Frank is the That's guy. That's what I hear. I owe Frank. I'll tell you what. <laughs> we're gonna do this to you. We, Frank would annoy me until I watched it, and it was like three weeks in a row. He just kept saying, "Did you watch it?" And I go, "Man," nah. he, he just kept getting in my. He said, come on. And in, 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 in the third week, I broke. I said, all right, I'll watch it. And, and, but here's the thing. You got to watch, this is Frank's uh, prescription. You have to watch three episodes in a row. You have to watch episode one, two, and three. That's all and I'm then asking you're you done. to do. Okay, Nothing else. Done. Just watch, go to Netflix or wherever you get it. Watch three in a row. Just watch yeah. episode one, two, and three. Out there, if you're listening and you have never seen it, I'm serious. You will be hooked after the third. And, and each HBO, ep- and each season, mm. there's AMC, five seasons, and each them. season Chelsea. gets better. My my one friend who watched it too, he's, I said, oh my God, that season. was. He goes, that's the weakest season. Keep going. Three. And they keep getting better and better. And you go, Darker. you've got to be kidding Darker. me. Yeah. Darker, more interesting, more compelling, and then you get drawn into the characters. Well, you, look, you look back at it after you're done watching the entire show, and you see why, I could see why I wasn't in, and I could see why you're not in now. Seriously, because it, the Vince Gilligan, mm-hmm. who that's the show's creator and main writer, main writer, but he made it so in a way realistic or buyable. He had to make this. He had to make this whole thing so we could buy into it. He makes that character slowly break bad. It's not real right. quick. He's yeah. a fumbly bumbly guy before he becomes Heisenberg. So. Because it's so slow, I think that's why it was like boring at first. Right? And that's why that one scene is so great. Like you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. I'm the one who knocks. Yes, but, that's the, that was the turning point. I thought it was. Yeah, where he be letting people know who he was. But to his point, his point was just that you know we're all about telling stories. Even when you buy Netflix, it's about paying somebody now to tell you a story. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. stand-up comedian, it's same thing. You 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 want somebody to tell you a funny story. You're right. And same with writing. It's like. You know, it is can, basically you take the same, the, huh? Can you take these facts and, and all this information, but make it a compelling story? And it's funny because uh, George Dawes Green, who started the Moth, uh, wrote the book The Juror, made his money with that, and now he's making a lot with the Moth, but which is brilliant. But had that concept of the story is the key, right. no matter what you do, whether it's like you said, an article, movie. TV show, it's the story. So that's how he said, well, I'm going to bring people up to tell their story. Now, he has people coach him a little bit, not much, just to kind of frame it for beginning, middle, and end. But that is the heart and soul of the moth, which is to tell a story 
And I agree with what you're right. Yeah. It is. It, that, that, you get to the core. That's the one thing we want for the great. students here is if it's if it's a radio piece you're doing, podcast, video, a written piece, photography, tell the story. It's, it's all about yeah, that story. It doesn't story. matter about yeah. the medium anymore. No. It matters about the story. That's what's great about podcasts. You, you, tell, yeah. you can paint the picture. Like, for instance, the thing I was thinking of about my college days, because I'm here in a university, is uh, I was a, like a terrible student and uh, barely graduated. Barely. Right. And I remember my uh, last professor that I took a world politics class, and he was from Greece, and I just remember him saying, I, had needed a, I needed a C, and I just got it. And he goes, I remember him saying, by the grace of God, Mr. Kren, you graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> by the grace of God. But, so, but along the way, at IUP, I remembered uh, summer classes, I found out, were like a vacation. And I didn't know this, <laughs> and, which is awesome, because you had the swimming pools, you had everything, parties, and you only had to take one class, so of course I convinced my parents that this I need to go. It's a so I got, idea. I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta it's be there. so helpful. There. So I, like an idiot, though, I take probability and statistics, which is I'm not right. good at anything yeah, like no. that, anything analytical and bad at. And my roommates, Rod, and my other roommate, uh, Bullwinkle, save his name, <laughs> his real name is Dave, not it's last name, but Bullwinkle is right. his name. Yes, he was he was the burnout. Of burnouts, this guy. we kind of figured that out with the the nickname. He <laughs> totally burnout. I mean, he'd grow his own plants in in a, a big house we were renting. Which, by the way, as a kid, I didn't realize I could have got arrested. Right. I, yeah. I really, I didn't yeah. even do it. I would just be getting out of jail tomorrow, yesterday, right. or whatever, yeah. from this whole. Right. Bullwinkle drone his own plants. I remember, man, could you water my plants for me, man? I'll be gone for two days. I'm sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Bullwinkle. No worries. Why not? But, but we, he's in the class with me. The probability statistics class. And I remember it was a six-week class, and, and this professor was like toughest professor in the world, man, like a drill sergeant kind of dude. And Bullwinkle had taken the class. This was his uh, fourth time, which I have no idea how he did because legally you're only allowed to take it three. Wow. Oh, that's so dumb. how he did this, whether it was incomplete, withdrawal, I have no idea how he did it. probably had to deal with the professor. Or he just registered under a different name. Yeah. I don't know, Dave. Back in the good old days. <laughs> By the way, Bull, could do that. Bullwinkle is a uh, a preacher in Philadelphia. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. But uh, anyway, so my burnout for a moment. So we, we're taking this, this cut, and he goes, man, this is midterm's coming. So we got to study, man, you and I. Which was him just getting high, you know, whatever. So we're, so we're studying for hours and hours, whatever. And we take this this midterm prob stats, and I remember the guy's name is Professor Cohen, and he had this like like marine kind of look, crew cut, but he was a nice guy, decent guy, yeah. but no nonsense. And we, we take it, and we had these little blue books back then, and it was like a three hour exam, right? Bullwinkle's done in twenty two minutes, somehow. <laughs> no way. Yes. Yeah. And he looks at me. He's next to me, like he goes. He looks at me. He goes. Whispers. Aced it. <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. That's a, 22 minutes. We're up time. We're woofing those drinking afterwards. Like, that's fan. 22 minutes. Well, you got it. I know, man. I didn't think it would be that easy. <laughs> it's a studying, dude. It was a studying. That's, like, that's awesome. Week later, we get our back. Look at mine. I got a 60. This is all about 100, scale of 100. I go, okay, 60, barely get through it. I look over and Bullwinkle's head's on his desk. And I'm like, 
Dave. <laughs> you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> What'd you get? Yeah. And he looked up and he goes, 13. <laughs> 13 out of 100. And my favorite thing, I swear to God, this happened. He goes, he goes I'm going to talk to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> What you, 13. Yeah, what are you going to say? <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, he's not really a talker. Yeah, yeah. That explains the 22 minutes. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So I'm there, and I'm standing. i got to watch this whole right. thing unfold. So I'm hovering. A couple other guys are hovering, too. And girls, we're like looking at him because we want to see this unfold. As this professor's looking at him. And Bully goes pissed off, which is funny. <laughs> and he hands him the little test, and he goes, he actually said this to the professor. Professor Kuhn, he goes, dude. <laughs> he called him dude. Like, he goes, Professor, I have to tell you. He says, Jim and I study from thing and don't even bring me in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's bringing you down. Don't Perfect. ruin my 60. Do not yeah. even point my dude. Right. <laughs> we studied for hours, man. He goes, we gave our all. <laughs> he goes, I gave my all. He goes, and you gave me 13, man. When he said this, he goes, quote, the least you could have did was curve. <laughs> <laughs> right in the gut. <laughs> Professor looks at me and goes, Dave, I did. I got an eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's curved awesome. Him curved him up to the 13. <laughs> it was did, huge. Did. Yeah. got an eight. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, head went down. He walked out. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. that's brings up many that's storytelling that's storytelling yeah, that <laughs> you know we all have that we a, a few years ago uh the moth came into town and one of the girls that ran the moth was from cmu mm-hmm. and she knew of jimmy because when she grew up here and they were going to do a show here and so they reached out to us to get jimmy to do uh a show we did at the Hazlitt. yeah, yeah and that's the first time that we got introduced mm-hmm. to that whole concept i mean it was pre podcasts being what they were today Mm -hmm. and that whole concept of of just listening to a story and jimmy nailed it he did an amazing job and then all the other people that 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 did that and the moth is kind of that precursor to you know these that ability to just hear stories and gets you know some kind of impact out of it it's it's true dave and the funny thing is like you said dave the neat thing about stories is is that we all have them. We all have a right. story. And yeah. that's the fun part about it because when you hear some, you know, I'm sure you know, anyone listening out there hearing that story about Bullwinkle, <laughs> I know you have a burnout. Everybody's got a Bullwinkle. <laughs> Everybody. Well, you know, the, the, story, the moth actually had a thing going around. I think it was at Heinz uh, History Center where you could come in and, and tell your story. Um, I forget the name of it, but they, they, they have this roving throughout the, the country tell. and they stop in and you, and you come in and you just tell a story. Everyone's got a story, man. Yeah. That, that's what's great about here because the, the students could develop that. Yeah, we should try something like that here. Everybody a storytelling can, yeah, night. Do a storytelling night. Absolutely. That, that would be yeah, phenomenal. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll be back here a lot. Do it with a live audience. And yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be great. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it, it, and, and I, maybe you could answer this better. I mean, telling the story, it, it, it maybe would help you also in your ability to then start to writing it too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, writing is a whole different animal. It, it is and it isn't. I mean, when I'm writing, I hear the voice in my head, right? I'm, I'm listening to my own voice. Until the medication. Until the medication. <laughs> <laughs> then, then it's Then it's All the different voices. <laughs> I don't have as many voices as you. But, how, uh, how, yeah, right. how do you write? Do you, do you know where you're going to go with it? Like Stephen King talks about the fact that 
he oh, enjoys right. he the digs process that stuff out of a hole, right? Yeah, well, yeah. He, he he equates it, and he has you know he has all these other author friends because they're in a band and they all play right. together and they all have these different methods of how they write. And he said some guys lay it all out and chalk out the plot lines and they know the end. He said for him, he doesn't know what it's going to be. He said I I equate mine to being like archaeology. As I'm digging through it, I don't know where the story's going, and I enjoy the process as much as I hope the reader is in reading it. And so when he was doing The Stand, he was about 500 pages in, which is a tremendous commitment, and he had nowhere to go. He just did not know where to go, and he was at a standstill for weeks. And he said he was walking the train tracks one day, and it just came to him, a mushroom cloud, and that's then yeah. he went into the new... And, it, and it, then it propelled him to go on. But I found that amazing that he would not know where he was going to go right. with this. And yeah. I, so, I know everybody has different styles. For I'm me, curious. so I'm, I'm writing nonfiction. So these are, they're real stories. And, but I, I did develop this interesting technique for my uh, second book. It's the, the color of Sundays. And it was about the uh, Bill Nunn Jr., the scout for the Steelers, and then mm-hmm. the first blacks in the NFL. And I would, I like to write in the early morning, get up mm-hmm. 5 a.m., 4.30, get up and just write. And I would, the night before I went to bed, read up a little bit on what I was going to be writing about the next morning, kind of think about it. I would wake up in like this semi-dream state and get up, get my coffee, sit down at the laptop, and it would just kind of come, you know, these these words that I'd kind of been working on all night. I would wake up in the morning thinking about the story I wanted to write. That's the flow. The flow, yeah. That's the state you And you try to just keep that going as long as you can. Are you writing, you said nonfiction? Yeah, nonfiction, right. Uh, Have you tried fiction? I have not. Well, because oddly, Grisham said that he found fiction so much easier because he wrote a nonfiction and he said it's so difficult because you really have to be accurate. You can't just make this shit up. Right. You got to now go, uh, this happened. My book has like a thousand footnotes because yeah. they're all, you know, that's all the way harder. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's funny. What makes it hard is, and like you said with, with Stephen King, the fact that he doesn't know where he's going with it or, or whoever, whatever your style is, in, uh, is fear, is fear. Of the unknown, the the writer's block, the fear. Is, am I going to do this? Can I do this? How great is this? Is this going to criticize? All those little things that happen. Right. So if you can overcome that fear, that conduit, that flow, yeah. it keeps going. And uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer who wrote Read, Pray, Love. Oh, I love her. Best yeah. line uh, ever. I, I love her line. I remember you know, I was listening to an audio book on her mm-hmm. uh, called Big Magic. It's if you like audio books out there. Try it. Because it's about art and writing and things and like creativity. that and creativity. And uh, I texted Dave about it after I heard the book because I love this line. She goes, as you get older, she goes, remember this. She goes, you know, fear bores me. I love that line. Fear yeah. bores. You learn that it does. Yeah. It's boring. Fear is boring. Right. And she says, fear bores me. Because really, what's going to happen? Right. I don't know. But yeah. it's not successful. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Fear bores me. So you just kind of. Well, and for me, I don't know. Fear. I don't know how much for you, Jimmy, but the the stories I have to tell for myself. You know, I'm I'm going to tell the story, and I'm going to I'm put it out there, and hopefully people will like it. But if they don't, I've already you know I'm doing it because I need to tell this story. Like it's it's in me, and it needs to come out. Yeah, yeah. We all have that painting that has to come out, and it's kind of cool that you are overcoming the fear that right. we all have. Right. That's what it is. It's because ba- it's like. Uh, other artists out there, if you're listening, yeah, it's just the fear is holding you back a little bit. Just just do it. Just go for it. Don't give a shit what anybody thinks. That's the big deal. Right. Are Funny you- thing with writing, too, is that, you know, I imagine you have that moment when you, before you go on stage, it's hard to go on stage. But for when you write a book like that, it's hard to send off the final 
manuscript. To let someone you know. see it. Yeah, to let someone yeah. see it, it for the yeah. first time. It's a, it's a yeah. fearful thing. That, that yeah. moment, that's the moment that the comedian does the, the, the joke and tries it, is that moment that you're going to do that, to, to hand that manuscript to somebody right. and go, no one's seen this outside this room. And now you're letting someone else peruse this. Yeah, and it's, right. it's the harshness of comedy. You walk on stage, yeah. they will tell you right there, I don't like it. Yeah. Right there. Right. I don't like you. I don't <laughs> like what you're doing. Yeah. I don't like you. Still the Get bravest. The I still say the bravest entertainers in the world are comedians. They always, they <laughs> always like tell pain? Jimmy always tells this horrible story about you know he's he's doing this show and it's in a movie theater and nobody just horrible setup, and I'll go yeah and he goes yeah but I still did my time. I go, they never walked off. Like a musician would go, I'm not performing. I'll walk home. Right. Musicians do time. Always did her time in Erie and. <laughs> well, for me when I when I had to write scripts it's easier for me to talk it out so i would listen to the sound and then i would walk outside and right. just talk about it which was i would just be standing there talking which looked weird to people driving by but <laughs> um it, it helped me figure out how i was gonna place it and then sometimes when i was first starting i would get so nervous about it i would actually black out just on camera yeah, completely on camera, right live out. on the air yeah just and and i don't remember what happened afterwards it would just <laughs> be like as if nothing ever happened. That's great for your demo reel. That's what you're <laughs> yeah. gonna I mean, literally, did you pass out or just no, black out? You don't remember. Talking, Stop yeah. or just froze. And sometimes I did talk, but it was like it made no sense at all. But I don't remember it. But <laughs> the, at the end of the day, it didn't hold you back at all. <laughs> no, right? Either way, I kept going. Or but I you just were stood so there and <laughs> you were still so him. addicted to the the. You were so excited about doing it. You still kept coming back and doing it. Yeah, and it, well, that's what's good about starting off in a smaller market because Erie doesn't yeah. have that many people. You got to buy up so all those really... tapes. You got to yeah. buy up all those tapes. <laughs> but worst, but worst I was archives. Like, all right, at least this didn't happen. You know, <laughs> the worst case scenario doesn't hurt your career, doesn't do anything bad. Yeah. So, because you being young, uh, that's where the fear you got. You know, there's enough people around you who are going to be jealous of you just because you're you know talented and younger. And maybe they're bitter or whatever, some subliminal way, but they'll come at you. They'll attack you in some way. You won't even know you're being attacked. So that's why you got to kind of, do you feel that sometimes? That, that oh, they yeah. put that fear well, in you? Well, yeah. And then, you know, because you're starting and then, and social media was still very huge when I started in 2011. And, you know, if somebody wore something wrong on the air or said something or blacked out like me, people mm. would just comment yeah. on the Facebook pages. Yeah. And well, blacking out's be... a little different. Right. <laughs> I do that <laughs> twice like, a what week. What are they talking about? That's, I don't know. That's part of my, do that. That's part of my <laughs> daily routine. Blacking out. I blacked out. I blacked out an hour ago. <laughs> the blacking the out podcast. has now stopped. The show. But... You guys didn't see it. <laughs> do you still get excited? Do you still get nervous? No. I've... You're calm? Yeah. After I went to my uh, second market, I've it, it's fine now. But is, just... it, is there an adrenaline rush to oh, it? Oh, yeah. Mean, no, I still would get excited. Yeah. yeah. But it, the the fear has subsided. It goes away, right? You get, uh, yeah. That's good because it gets, starts to get boring like uh, Elizabeth said. <laughs> yeah. That, that's so cool. Do you ever do public speaking too? Um, I, I will emcee events sometimes, and um, but I, I'm not good at I don't really write things out. I just kind of talk. Because yeah. that's when I learned. When well, you I have started, a natural flow. Well, when I when I started in Erie, I would start blacking out because I would memorize everything. And when I started memorizing, and one word was off, then everything kind of went awry. So yeah. I once we got away from the bottle, she stopped blacking out. <laughs> Things were good. I don't know. It was my suggestion. <laughs> yeah. No, to drink. Then somebody else said, "Stop it. Stop drinking. Stop that's it. enough. You're blacking out like Kren all the time." <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm glad you overcame that. That's not <laughs> an easy. Well, no, that, yeah. I'm glad you told the story because that's exactly what we were talking about. In mm-hmm. other words, yeah. eh, fear uh, is is can be debilitating. <laughs> really, can yeah. ruin careers. And just forget it. Don't worry about it. You look at you. You're here. It, right. And, uh, never held held you back. And like I said, especially for you know when you're younger, you're gonna have those people come at you and try to sabotage in certain ways in ways you don't even know uh it's true because yeah. uh, of own misgivings but yeah it's, you just have to overcome it make your mistakes it, it, you're still here and you i'm sure writers you know that as a especially oh, yeah. if you're with a, an author writing books come on that's a rough game man you know yeah there's a that, lot of people coming at you on that one i always loved right but, yeah that was like you'll never make it you'll never yeah Andy, please. <laughs> that's true let me yeah. tell Everybody you says that yeah. about a man and then it'll, some <laughs> right. horrible story yeah. will come out you know like oh my god yeah <laughs> why am i doing this right the best was at the the daily newspaper you know i spent 15 years at the pittsburgh tribune review and you know you'd do some story you thought was killer you know you'd you'd come in and then they'd say all right what are you going to do for tomorrow and it was always like yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean there's always it. another day yeah so it's right. yeah always as good as your last article yeah yeah and then boom right in boom. you got to love it though yeah that's oh, yeah, the other I did love you got to love it yeah, yeah. It can't be for money so is your right. book coming that's out you have a yeah so uh, I I did two books I did one on the penguins called breakaway it was about how they went from last place to the Stanley Cup and from the old arena to the new arena did all the politics behind it that one came out in 2010 they re-released it with the championship this year so it's got a new epilogue just came out in October the color of Sundays the one about the first blacks in the NFL and the Steelers and how they gamed the system uh, it also came out in October and then the Clemente book comes out in December and it's um, it's all about Roberto Clemente and where, where can they get these yeah, you can get them at any of the local Barnes and Nobles in in Pittsburgh. You can also get them online. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, yeah. Amazon, Amazon. Kindle, absolutely, yeah. Nice, Kindle. I'm so into yeah. the Kindle. Yeah. Oh yeah, Andy's Jimmy, I'll have those. Jimmy, I'll have those in ten minutes. Just sign your Kindle. Kindle. Yeah. yeah, sign <laughs> your Kindle. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Uh, thanks for being on the show, guys. Uh, yeah, man, that's it's it's fantastic. And like, isn't it? Isn't it? I, I, I run and I, weird irony. Like I said, that we, if you. You have to have an attitude that you don't want to do it for money to do it for a living like you guys. Oh, right. And if you want to do it, right? Isn't it weird? You <laughs> right, have to kind yeah. of free yourself of that to do but it for a living. But then if you do it, then you know, hopefully you're successful and then the money comes. And yeah. it comes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's my mom's calling. This is hysterical. This is, <laughs> yeah. Hey, son, what are you doing? Mom. Yeah. Just, Pick she me wants. up some bread and giant eagle <laughs> and a doctor of pepper. Stay away from well, the we ducks. We probably have some yeah. snaps yeah. from my dad here. They get disease. Lou's calling yep. me, man. Right in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and tell hey, say hi to your mom, uh, Joe. Oh, I will. And dad. Uh, good friends. He says hi to you, Snapchat. When are you doing your next show? Mandy Connie. I think we're going to try to plan one for maybe after Thanksgiving, maybe last week in November. It's on. It's it's on like everything from pop culture and fashion, things mm-hmm. like that. You cover all the pop culture stuff. We do, and, and we do too, a little right? bit of sports now because Selena is she works for the Pens, and yes. it, it's nice. funny because she knew nothing about sports, and now she works for <laughs> the Now she does her hockey. Like, yeah, <laughs> and she's like spewing irony. out all these stats. I'm like, what? Now did, she's a champion. Who is Yeah, yeah, Did did since I have you here? Did Kim Kardashian fake? The uh, oh, the burglary in yeah. Paris. Do you think she did? <laughs> Do you think she faked that? I don't think so. No, huh? I think it was real. I think it happened. Okay, because Kanye star dropped the mic, so. left his show. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, in the middle right of the, the show. Middle of right? the show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, he just wow. Left. My wife flew over a, to Paris. My wife's doing a fake burglary. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Family emergency. Bye. Wow, that would almost be criminal if they did. Yeah. What? If they faked it. Oh yeah. That yeah. Would I mean, be. that would actually. 
I think that's how bad it's getting. The guy the from the Olympics is hoping she did. Actually, oh, yeah. he, he made such a mess of himself. I actually felt bad for Ryan her when they said that. Like, my God, yeah. this woman can't even get robbed. Yeah. We hate you. You faked yeah. it. Well, Ryan Lochte was on Dancing with the Stars, and the first episode he went out and danced, and somebody from the audience just tackled him, and they had to like cut what? to break. Yeah, yeah. They, they tried yeah. to protest at yeah, the studio. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, People really get very passionate but... about their. <laughs> and, uh, Brad, uh, one more thing we thought tabloid tabloid system. You know this stuff. <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina, man, pretty crazy. Oh, man. devastating. Oh, I know. I can't our, sleep. I can't our sleep. intern, <laughs> our intern Chris Barner, he was particularly upset. He didn't. He, he didn't know. Right, Chris? He'd never seen Friends. Just he didn't know what Friends crying. was. He's he so upset crying. about the divorce. Yeah, he was upset. So, I don't blame you. We, Chelsea and I've been trying to school them on all the pop culture stuff. So I waited. I waited, and it took 21 days, which I am amazed. But I looked at the cover of the Enquirer, which I am one of the few subscribers, by the way. I subscribed oh. to the Enquirer. Oh. The cover uh, had Jennifer Aniston and her husband on the outs because she's going back to Brad. Oh, yeah. I waited. Oh, no. It took a few weeks. It took a month. 21 days. She's back. She's going back to Brad. And husband, of course, husband's upset of the late night calls to Brad. <laughs> Brad's so really? amazing. Would you like to be at the round table and see what it's how crazy. they come up with their stories? I, just I know. Complete, but then out of the blue, one of them will be true. We know. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, like some obscure, crazy story, and then that this one's is, true. This and is then. what scares me. Chris Rodell, who we're going to have on the show, is yeah. a friend of mine. Lives yeah. in the Greensburg area, in the Latrobe area. Right. And he's, yeah, definitely Crayon's Chris book on the, Yeah. Tremendous writer also. He wrote for the Enquirer for years. And their fact-checking, they're, they're really strong on that. He said because mm. they, they had a couple big lawsuits, and so they, they really tightened up. And so he says a lot of that stuff is true. Because they want to avoid, they don't want to get sued. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not libelous. I mean, that's probably the standard. You know? Yeah. Did Did you call? Did you try to get confirmation? Did you? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of those celebrities yeah. and stuff, they they set that up. Chelsea, you probably know oh, yeah. more about this than me. The, these <laughs> celebrities, they have a street uh, uh, down in L.A., a couple different streets. They know the paparazzi is going to be there. Oh, yeah. So if you're like on a sitcom or something, you want to get noticed, yeah, you got to buy a you know drink or coffee or something. They're going to take your picture and you're yeah, going to oh, end yeah. up in the Us magazine. Oh, right. And it's publicity. And they kind of know they're going to... It's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. And some of them get so upset because they don't want anyone taking pictures, but they're at this spot. But they did it. When they, they know. know. Yeah. They have to get the publicity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, and yeah. I didn't realize this, the Twitter, if you have so many Twitter followers, you get thousands upon thousands of dollars, right? Uh, yeah. For every tweet. Yeah. So I think some of the, and Instagram too, like Kendall Jenner gets paid for her Instagram posts, but it's some obscure amount of money too, just for posting on Instagram. It's like 30, 40 grand yeah. pop. Which, think about it. And, and, yeah, it sort of have oh, a ceiling I'd, to it. I, I'd be like I post posting on all day. Yeah. Well, I, I always wondered <laughs> why somebody would do some weird reality show. Like, why would you, if you have a career, yeah. why would you want Dr. Drew and go through rehab <laughs> right. on yeah. TV? Then you think about it, they yeah. want Twitter followers. It's good for your career. If you yeah. get a million Twitter followers, you can start tweeting, making five grand right, a tweet. Yeah. It must be for money, <laughs> right? It's going to be fun to see if... Uh, our next president, if he's going to keep his Twitter account, and oh. it's going to keep is that keep awesome? Tweeting. Yeah, it's, yeah. It I should hope be interesting. Yeah. I want my president to <laughs> tweet Twitter, me right? yeah. at three in the morning. Yeah. you know, just you know, just all infomercial, squatty potty, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's our president, man. That's it. <laughs> I think it's coming. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what's coming, but it's coming. Watch rerun of Glee. Never saw before. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> awesome. It's our president. What's he doing up at three in the morning? That was his tweet. Was it three in the morning? Well, that was before. Yeah. But no, but even the, last night they said President Megan, Megan yeah. Kelly was on uh, CNN last night, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, or one of the channels. And they were, he was tweeting back, you know, things about her, <laughs> yeah. retweeting it. Like, yeah. Well, oh, and he awesome. went out like, to he's dinner. He's got like a world of trouble. He went right? out to dinner last night, too, and he had they had told the press to put a lid. They're yeah. lidding it, so they're supposed to let the press know when they're going out and he just said i'm not doing that and he went out to dinner right and, and didn't he like ditch the security detail too or something i don't know if he ditched that but I, the controversy i heard about and it was on npr mm-hmm. uh was that he you know that they're supposed to have a relationship with the press that if anytime he goes out and it started with the kennedy's uh, right. uh, uh, era because if something if he's out in public they want to have a detail with him at all times in case something would happen and his people said we're litting it or whatever that jargon is, which means he's not going out. And then they saw these posts from people's cell phones that he was at dinner. And so the press was not happy. <laughs> I just, the tweets, I just can't get out of my head. The guy at three in the morning when he's president, you know? Just, right. Oh, just, he's... just bought Magic Bullet Blender. Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> Infomercial. His, yeah. his choices of Whatever's adjectives Whatever's on TV are, at three yeah. in the morning. Tremendous. Pronto pizza maker. Just made pizza. Awesome. Tremendous. <laughs> well, this, this this has given you material for four years. Oh, I don't yeah. even know. Oh, yeah. You should. I you celebrated should... 21. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've been working on the impression. It's, all, it's, all it's, it's throw... good. Thank I like you. it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Guys, nice. yeah. They want to throw it away, so now I got it. <laughs> you guys are great great guests hey, hey thanks for coming on uh, yeah, Andy and Chelsea thanks, thanks Thank for coming so in much. see you guys soon we hope yeah. you come absolutely. back make this uh, an often frequent thing mm-hmm. love thank to have you here you. thank you appreciate that guys I absolutely will thanks Jim Cren no restrictions no restrictions this is John and Craig, and we are from the Jagoff Podcast, the only podcast all about Pittsburgh. Check it out on PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. For more content from this show and other podcasts from your favorite Pittsburgh personalities, subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just search Pittsburgh Podcast Network on any of these apps and check us out at PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening.